Global from Asia, episode 228. 228. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight-up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everybody, for choosing to download or stream this podcast, Global From Asia. I am here. It is getting hot, almost July. It's always the hottest season in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, at least I haven't been to the southern hemisphere anywhere in the world, really. Well, Colombia, uh, really briefly, which will be much more in March. So I am just planning a lot. We're planning a lot. We're working on the cross-border matchmaker and second annual in Shenzhen for October. Stay tuned for the exact date. We have uh, so many people want to partner with us now, which is great. So we're working on... Uh, kind of collecting feedback from people and formats but it'll be more like a round tables and con- connections more than speakers uh seems people really like networking and making business relationships so stay tuned and a lot of people joke but i buy a lot of domain names crossbordermatchmaker.com it's always an easier one for this event we're actually i think we'll do this one more often in different parts of the world and this week's show is neat hk the bank well we can't they don't go by bank but we go by bank at least here i i don't know i have a love-hate relationship well more like a hate relationship with banks around the world um they make our lives difficult as international business owners especially because i guess we're getting more and more popular or more and more common but you know living away from your home country doing business internationally is always a uh, more challenging thing and i am always proud to have survived as long as I have and many of you as well sticking through these uh, challenging times with banking. So I've known Neat since the early, early days and it's one of our top blog posts. We'll link up to the blog post all about their features on the site. And today we get the two of the founders on the show to do it. We actually did this as a live GFA VIP members call where some people are tuning in live and they ask some questions on the call. So anybody that's interested in our membership, it's a great way to support the show. And we're adding more and more value to the members, as well as, of course, keeping the consistent value for free for listeners. But if you're a super fan and enjoy what we're doing and want to get even more involved, we have our GFA VIP members program. Also, with this, uh, after this show, we have a special offer for listeners. So I want to hear what you guys think of this we've been getting lots of feedback about neat and following it closely as possible so uh let's tune in i'll i'll, I'll stop now and i'll let the founders talk enjoy want to check out a factory experience in china in virtual reality we are a pioneer here at global from asia doing a tour of a factory in china for you to browse and enjoy it's a eno plus factory a solar led factory that you can check out multiple rooms you don't even need a vr headset you can do it on your web or on your mobile phone check it out at globalfromasia.com vr vr for virtual reality more to come soon all right, thank you everybody for tuning in to another Global from Asia podcast. We have a show I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I've, I've been following this story for a few years in, in the 
it's been a, at least a few years, I, I feel, that I've talked to both of you. Um, we have with us David Rosa and Igor Wolf, uh, found, founders of Neat.hk, a uh, popular new online banking, am I using the right words, actually, uh, solution for, uh, for Hong Kong business as well as personal? I guess I know right on that front page you say we are not a bank or a, or a normal bank. So, yeah, yeah, we're we're not a bank, right? Uh, <laughs> alternative to a current account of the bank. That's what we are. Okay, got it. But uh, yeah, you. Uh, I remember David. We met at my office at the time at TST uh, at least a few years ago, and uh, you were working on customer discovery. And I think you started with personal, which is you you do right. You guys started with the consumer uh, solution for uh, people, but now. What we're talking about today is the business solution of uh, helping businesses in uh, Hong Kong with uh, getting a banking solution because it's been a huge nightmare that you and I have uh, seen over the years. So um, I just want to thank you for that. It seems like uh, it's it's uh, it's great. So uh, maybe we start off with the story. Um, how did how did it come to be? How did Neat, Neat get started? Sure. Um, so maybe I'll get the ball rolling and, and then uh, Igor will chip in. So uh, look, about two and a half years ago, um, we uh, got together. Um, we met in an accelerator program actually here in Hong Kong uh, called Blueprint. Uh, we were both doing different things, uh, but very quickly found out that uh, we were extremely aligned, uh, not only in terms of background and skill sets, both on the fin and the tech, uh, but also in terms of like wanting to make a big difference in, in what is being done in traditional banking, which, let's be fair, is way below standard. Um, you know, here, I think, particularly bad, especially for companies. Uh, we were seeing, you know, similar type of models evolving in North America, in Europe, and no one else was doing anything in our part of the world. So we looked at each other and said, well, let's go do it. Yeah. But also, personally, I had a, had a bit of a problem that I couldn't get a, a credit card in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a very particular place where you cannot buy things online if you don't have a credit card. Uh, GPS card, you get it your bank account, does not work. So uh, the first bank I went to, it's the famous one, not the names, but uh, they rejected my application. And the whole application process actually was extremely tedious, lots of paperwork, for, some, for something that's actually relatively straightforward product. So it just didn't make any sense to, to have such a difficulty opening a, a various bank account the credit card product, but going to the branch, queuing up, um, there should be a better way. Right? You should be able mm -hmm. to apply online, apply for the service online. You don't have to be physically present. So that's kind of also like solving, trying to solve personally a problem for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people have the same same issue. And then basically just kind of evolve from something that as well. Great. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to both of you at different times in the in the in the story. So. Um, and I'm happy that uh, you guys came through. I, I'm curious to know how much, uh, I don't know how technical or how much you can reveal, but uh, from my experience, it seems very diff difficult to get licenses or, or the ability to do these kind of things. So uh, was, was Hong Kong supportive or open to, to do it? I know that there's a big FinTech push like InvestHK, I, I believe must have been helping you. Um, but I mean, I've been screaming on this blog 
people from Asia for years. And, you know, I, like I mentioned, I, I do incorporation services as well. I have a, I have a division that does that. So I work with a lot of clients and it's just been a nightmare. So I've, I've complained, a lot of people complain to the government or to InvestHK or some people go out to LinkedIn and, and complain or, or other social media. So was, is or was the government or the maybe, I feel like InvestHK must have been very happy to support you guys. So look, I mean, it, I think it's fair to say that in our early days, it was very controversial what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we uh, also used the B word uh, as in, you know, banking, mobile banking and things like that. And we made a mistake in saying so and apologize for it um, because nobody really knew what uh, was not allowed to, to be done, right? Um, starting even with the regulators. Uh, then about you know six months after that the hkma here the central bank um and the main regulator for banks here is mm -hmm. um getting some traction in terms of um picking up on what was being done uh in in other parts of the world chief of which the uk right i think hands down in terms of fintech disruption and being a regulator that's very pro-disruption uh, the UK is the leading, uh, you know, marketplace for that. And I think Hong Kong has really been looking at that very, very closely. So did Singapore, so did many other places. But, um, you know, the, you had a major um, uh, regulatory change with a new licensing regime that came in just about two years ago now uh, called the SVF, the Stored Value Facility Licensing Regime. Think of it as a very junior banking license uh, and very similar to the UK's e-money licensing. So that allowed basically wallets to be legitimized and anything that revolves around the concept of paying and receiving money, which is ultimately what you know we are running on rails off, right? The current accounts. So so that really changed the dynamic. Then also the regulators um, in general went and hired people, which are a lot with um, the fintech industry, talk to talk, um, and understood each other from, from a language point of view. Um, I mean, in our case also, my background, right? So uh, worked in financial services for over 20 years. Um, you know, I am a responsible officer here in Hong Kong, which is the most senior compliance title you can have in the, uh, in the industry. It really helped in, in above all, um, speaking the same language of the regulators. I think that's very, very important because uh, ultimately it's, you know, nothing new in terms of, of like what we're trying to do is just a different way in a much more modern way. Um, and of course you need to be compliant. So uh, to sum it up at the beginning, it wasn't easy, got easier, but still nothing is easy. And ultimately what clinched it for us is the work that, you know, we did on the technical side. So kudos to, you know, Igor and the technical part of the yeah. team on automating a KYC process, a know your customer process worried about, um, which is entirely digital. Uh, and, and we won an award by the government last year uh, on this, um, as well as we have two patents now on this process. Nice. So it really created a lot of, um, you know, uh, basically strength in, in, in the proposition that we, we, we brought along. Um, and, and, you know, as a result, I think all parties involved, whether it's government, even DHKMA, were quite supportive in, uh, in seeing something new that was done by the books uh, and ultimately very supportive of us partnering up with one of these licensed entities. Great. Yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing those licenses. I know there's another keyword I learned because I was studying this deeply, MSO in Hong Kong, Money Service Operator. So I know we were looking at, I, as I was getting, I've been so desperately looking, you know, for solutions, like I mentioned, well, just for the readers, I have my email box, 
you know, as listeners, as well as uh, clients I work with, you know, just a nightmare of uh, getting them. Because what's the point of a company, right? If you can't have a bank account, like all it really is is a bank account. So I looked at MSOs and there were some solutions. Uh, there are some other solutions out there for money service operators. And that's been around for a while. But I think the next point I have is uh, the big groundbreaking breaking one, I think, oh, there's a couple, but is the ability to connect to Stripe and PayPal. Another one was uh, the blog here at Globalization. We were always begging Stripe to come here. They finally came to Hong Kong, uh, but then the banking got really cracked down after that, so people couldn't get banking to get the Stripe. So you know, I, um, so that's something that seems really special with you guys for the not being a bank, but being able to get a unique identifier to connect to Stripe and PayPal. Because I think other, or at least MSOs, I guess you guys. I'm not using, not sure. If, I say this quite a bit, but I'm not sure if I'm using the right term. But I think other non-banks cannot really connect to Stripe or PayPal. I think that's where the the issue is with other other types of solutions in Hong Kong, at least. So yeah, I'm glad we can help there at least for that because it's pretty pretty common to use Stripe or PayPal yeah. on a payment. Probably cover ninety percent of the market or so. Um, but yeah, so happy we could help there too. Yeah. Um, so then, but I guess you guys, I'm sure you guys get a lot of emails. I get a lot of emails, people saying, yeah, they read, read about you guys. Um, and they always are hesitant because, uh, they're afraid of, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I, what do you guys, you know, I tell people that I know you guys, you're in the, um, you're in the, uh, incubate, I believe an incubator, you're in, um, Cyberport, right? I think right now when we're doing this interview, you're in Cyberport, and uh, it, which is which is like a government, or at least a government-supported uh, like science and technology park. Uh, I might be using the right wrong words, but I use that as something. But how can you help make listeners or or your normal clients rest assured that their uh, money is is safe? I think, but I don't know if I even believe my money's safe in a normal bank half the time. You know, I think that's an illusion a lot of times, anyways. But uh, how do you guys uh, you normally respond to people that are, I think some even have, I know some people I've talked to still meet you, have insisted to go to your office and meet you before they open an account or something. I don't know if, at least a couple I've talked to have met you because of that. But uh, how, do you, how do you normally deal with that? So look, I mean, first of all, we're clearly real, right? We exist as founders and we have a team. We're 21 people these days. Okay. Uh, we've been growing quite fast because of the demand that there has been. There's tremendous demand actually for the product. Yeah. And also what is very important in the back of this is that not only the KYC process is something that is, you know, not only novel, but also clearly compliant, very, very important, but also the partners that we have in the business. Um, as you probably know, the moment you open any business account, you get a dedicated bank account number here in Hong Kong. Uh, and that bank account number is with Standard Chartered Bank. So yeah. we deeply integrated with one of the major banks in the world. Um, we are partnered up with, as I mentioned before, a stored value facility licensee. And by law, they have to hold any balance, any float effectively uh, with a uh, regulated bank. In our case, it's ICBC, which uh, is the largest bank in the world these days, in a trust account. So God forbid. Um, I think that should be good enough, right? Uh it cut out. I think they, it stuck a little bit for me. Um, maybe just, I thought it was an important part, but maybe just after the ICBC, do you want to just 
I can edit this. It oh, sure, sure. So um, ultimately, the money is held at uh, a trust account at ICBC, which is the largest bank in the world these days. Um, so in terms of, you know, ultimate counterparty risk, that's pretty robust, right? I think it's definitely, fair to say. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I like that. Even I didn't, I didn't know that part. So that's, that's helpful to share. And uh, I know there's still some, you know, I, I don't want to just talk about all the positive. I mean, I think you're working on these other additions, but even Stripe is, I think a lot of times everything's denominated in Hong Kong dollars. Um, I think like one of the, one of the uh, things I think you're working on is, multi-currency but currently everybody everybody has to be done in hong kong dollar right for now like even stripe is like that i think they have some u.s dollar but my stripe hong kong is all, all in hong kong dollar um yeah. is that, i guess it's because of the i think hong kong is like when i talked to stripe about it they said it's like one of the most demanded features is in hong kong especially is the u.s dollar settlement or, or currency account but uh i always yeah. am curious why that seems like a struggle with yeah. these financial services or fintech. I think it ultimately boils down to people making money. So I'm <laughs> thinking <laughs> uh, it's the capitalist part of the world. Um, so I think you have two questions. Like, um, Nargis will be releasing US dollar accounts as well. It was one of the most important features. Uh, so you'll be able to receive money in US dollars and hold them um, on payment cards as well as, as accounts and then make payouts as well in US dollars. So you don't have to worry about conversion rates and you can actually save money there. Um, any, any questions like, well, if you can like Stripe, Stripe I think can only settle into Hong Kong dollar accounts. Um, so that's something that's restricted on their side and we have no influence on. Um, but for people who have other ways of receiving money, we can actually allow this for them to pop. Very Yeah, I mean, people yeah. I know are excited for that. Um, I, I got to confirm a Stripe. I mean, I still get, I still, I use Stripe also and uh, it settles in Hong Kong dollar, but I think there's, was or is, at least Braintree, I also have a Braintree account in Hong Kong. They let you receive US dollars, but they charge you 25 US dollar fee each deposit or you basically you have to manually withdraw and then you pay a $25 transfer fee. I believe I might be wrong, but last I looked into it, that was the way, I guess that's how they make money because especially PayPal, PayPal rips people off. Like they're like, really? I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. They just, cause they make you take their exchange rates and they make you take really bad rates. It's like unbelievable. And, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it's true. That's how they make money. Right. But, uh, they also make money on transaction fees and, uh, well, I mean, they make a lot of money, I think, but, uh, well, they were. If you look at the balance sheet, I think and profitability, they were doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah, I think PayPal is. You know, eBay was lucky to buy them when they were smaller. I think it's worth way more than eBay now. Right? Anyways, uh, um, but there is the other one, which I I know Iris has been awesome on a team. Shout out to Iris. Uh, she's not. On, she should be actually on the show with you guys. I mean, she's not a co-founder, but she's been there. I don't know. I've been talking to her a lot in email. She's really uh, amazing. So shout out to her. Um, but uh, she she wanted me to note, because there's one thing I know that clients I'm working with and others are saying the limitation right now is, uh, is uh, sending money out of Hong Kong. So I know there's some cross-border payments. Like uh, I have a sponsor and a friend, uh, Aurelia Pay, Simon. So, I, so some people are connecting to like these cross-border payments 
to get money out of Hong Kong from from NEAT, I believe. But I believe you're working on a solution now about... Yes, that's something actually we are uh, testing right now and should be releasing in the next month or two, where people will be able to send international payments uh, pretty much anywhere in the world in multi-different currencies. Um, and the effects rate that we would offer is, is more competitive than the banks here in Hong Kong. That's, that's, that's awesome. coming out That's awesome. That's really good. Um, and yeah, so we're kind of went a bit out of order, but we also have some, I know Andre is on a couple of people on the, on the call live if they have questions, but so, so 21 workers, I mean, you, what, when did, when did you launch? Like, I, I know you've been at least working on it in accelerators. I mean, I guess it depends always when the startup starts, but, uh, do you want to give some milestones, maybe some dates? Just sure. So, so we came out with our first product, which is a consumer product. We call it Neat Personal, um, December uh, of 2016. So uh, we've since then had a lot of uh, you know traction, a lot of uh, volume going through, and <clears throat> excuse me, primarily from basically entrepreneurs, right? So uh, people like Jonas. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we kept on, you know, receiving the feedback, whether directly or indirectly, just by looking at the type of transactions that the pain point that was really trying to be sold with the personal solution was, you know, uh, a solution for their business. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we, you know, build that um, and, uh, and grow it to market. So the first, uh, you know, alpha version, if you will, came out in October last year. Yeah. Um, and we're now open to the world. So, you know, yep. but business.net.ca and you can open an account right there. Um, so yeah, went pretty fast so far and, uh, and learned tons. And then, you know, as Igor was saying, we're, re we're releasing new features by the month. Awesome. Yeah. It's been exciting. I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, like I keep saying, like happy that you guys are there. And I remember, I remember, I still remember sitting with you at the table, David, and you were like talking about the consumer product. I'm like, please make a business product. I was like, please make a business product. I remember that one. I was like years ago. And I was like, cause I mean, for me, I think most uh, definitely listeners are entrepreneurs and SMEs are, uh, and I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what it makes you real. I mean, the last few years, cause it wasn't this crazy with banking up until just, I think it was the Panama paper leaks was when early, I don't know, there was a few things that happened, but the banking just got a nightmare and like, it just, honestly, it destroyed my life. Like, uh, I don't really talk about too much on the show, but I was mostly fully doing the incorporation of services as my business and my income. And uh, I have too much of a heart to take clients if I can't get them a banking solution because there was that couple, it was like two or three months of clients coming in and I'm taking them to banks and it's not going through and it's just this huge nightmare. And uh, I know I made some enemies. <laughs> it was horrible. I, I try my best. Uh, we try our best, but uh, we just had to stop taking really many new clients for a long time. But because uh, it, it's true, what are you supposed to do if you don't have a bank account? You have a company. I always wonder, like, what is, what is, uh, I guess the government doesn't care, but uh, any government is not responsible for banking. But you know, especially global from Asia, my most of my traffic's about banking and US, China, yeah. Hong Kong. Like they do care though. They um, do care. <laughs> I don't know. I just... um, so I think government HK made the regulator has issued a notice to all the banks to be a little bit more just and more fair with uh, account opening process. And I think everyone who's been rejected can apply and send a form complaining that they've been um, unjustly rejected. 
but I'm not sure whether like a six month process and number of applications is being processed properly and quickly by the banks. Um, so they do care. I mean, we, we know that, uh, but okay. it's a environment, of course. Uh, it, it is, you know, Mike, because uh, I've been on the other side of the table as well, right? I worked in a big bank and, and um, there's two things that happen. And if you really want to have a, a, a time um, stamp of where things started really changing is September 11th. 9-11 really changed a lot oh. of things because, you know, uh, basically terrorist financing, right? That mm. uh, clamped down. Uh, a lot more in terms of um, anti, anti money laundering, terrorist financing, you know, beefing up the KYC, this know your customer process. Um, and what it meant, coupled with, you know, a few years after 2008, which was this, you know, great financial crisis, banks had so many fingers in so many different pies that were all going wrong that just it meant that they weren't in overdrive in terms of controls functions, right? So I think it's fair to say, and I've seen it myself in my, throughout my career, that control functions these days rule the banks. You know, if you want to have a successful career in a bank, go and join the compliance department of the bank and be fine. The problem is, is that it compounds a fundamental issue because in the in new age of technology in general, you basically then have, you know, legacy technology in most banks. You have legacy processes. And last but not least, you have legacy people, legacy mindset. And so you cannot, even if you want to, you cannot change that from within. You need to start fresh. And Igor and I, when we realized that, we said, we're going to have to make a run for this because it's just such a big opportunity and such an obvious pain point that there has to be opportunity. Yep, yep. I, yeah, I totally, totally agree. I mean, it's just unbelievable, basically. Um, but back to Igor is, you know, at least a I don't know that you could complain to the government. I should, if you want to give me some, I could, uh, I could pile up the, their tasks, but uh, uh, basically the government, but the banks don't give you any feedback. So they don't let you know why you ask them why they don't tell you. So you, yeah. how could you say it's unjust if you just, they just don't, they don't want to give you a reason. They say they don't have to give you a reason. They just say, we just declined our opportunity. And the, the most upsetting part is people spent a stupid application fee and uh, you know all this other stuff and then they don't even get a reason why and i've seen some pretty big companies that seem really legitimate to me get rejected for no reason or at least they can't say the reason so it's just uh i don't know if you want to link people on the notes or something about it but yeah i have a couple of observations for for you and the listeners uh, in general so first First of all, Hong Kong is the ultimate free market. I think we all agree that you know it's an unbelievable marketplace, um, and yet part of China, which is this very interesting um, you know uh, dichotomy. Uh, but what also it means is that banks, however much the regulator cares, as rightly Igor was saying, banks can do what they want. It's a free market ultimately, right? Can they, they can do whatever they want in terms of selecting their customers, right? So what they're impliedly or explicitly saying is like we don't want these kind of customers. We do not want young companies because at the end of the day, they're just not profitable. That's the reality. Because yeah. you mentioned it before, at the end of the day, banking is very much about making money. Yeah? And you know, young companies don't make money for two reasons. One is that um, the same standards, the same, same cost-based of uh, doing the know your customer, the KYC process of maintaining that uh, needs to go through, whether it's a big or a small company, it's exactly the same exercise. So, you know, for choice, a bank will choose the larger customer. And then, of course, you know, the demand for products. So, you know, a young company, 
from what we can see, all they need typically is, and we've been ourselves a very small company, right? All you need is an ability to receive and pay money. It's as simple as that. You don't need trade finance. You don't need insurance. Uh, you don't need corporate finance and or securities investments, which by the way, your bankers will try to cross sell you all day long. <laughs> I, have, I have three insurance so, policies, so. There you go. So, so <laughs> it misses the point, but why do they do that? Because that's where they can earn a margin and pay for all that very heavy infrastructure, okay? And then last but not least, what I would say is that the majority of banks, in fact, all of them so far here in Hong Kong have physical branches. You know, very well that real estate in Hong Kong is not a cheap proposition, right? And, you know, look at it from their perspective. They need to pay the rent. And so, again, you need to justify a margin on your business. So, again, it's not like it's an illegal space. It's not like some, like, taboo space. It's just a space that the banks have chosen not to play in, and we're making a run for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'd, uh, I'd remember when it was getting tougher and tougher, and I'm advising clients or listeners, or you know, I have a book and a course, and I'm just like, they're going to instill upsell you insurance they're <laughs> gonna bring out a pamphlet with your age and smoking or not smoking with this amount of payments over this amount of time and they're gonna like highly encourage you to sign up for this insurance product and uh i would usually say if you want to get that that's probably going to help your application which i believe is true i they'll never say that but i I believe it's true. I think they look at, I don't know, I'll, I, they would admit it, but I feel like my, my numbers show that's true. But uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, but in a way, and I try to tell, and uh, my last point is, I try to tell people too, it's like, how much money are they really making off you? Your, you, you know, how much money are they really making off you? Your small business, you, you have your US dollar account, right? You don't make any FX. You, uh, you do your wire transfer, you know, once a month. Um, and then it's a huge liability, right? Because they could lose a lot of money on, on compliance, like you said. If, if you end up doing bad stuff, it's, it's like the, I, I think the governments make the banks somewhat responsible, right, for the client's actions. For sure. But you know what's the worst, I think, out of this uh, insurance policy example that uh, you mentioned uh, <laughs> is that the forms they give you will not be pre-filled in. You know, they ask you for your date of birth and all That's data that the bank has. <laughs> bad at like managing their own technology. I was mentioning like legacy technology. Yeah. Right? We're so fortunate that we're very modern in that front. Uh, they make you refill those forms with data that they already have. And it's just <laughs> frustrating, right? Yeah. Well, the, the worst is uh, I have an, ins- I still have my HSBC, knock on wood. I'm paranoid, I'm the letter of death, but uh, I still have it. Um, but uh, I didn't know how to update my address in all three different departments. I have the insurance, I have the credit card, and I have the bank. So I would just update online the address. And then for years, my insurance mail is going to some dead address for years. Like, I just, oh, you didn't need to tell us. And then they have a different person come into the room and you have to fill a different form to do the insurance. Like, what? It's crazy stuff like that. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's why you guys are disrupting the market. And I think the listeners agree with me that we really want to support you. And I'm, I'm happy that Global Formations are, yeah, like we're a partner. We, we just try to help you, refer you. We do our incorporation. We help package things with you guys and your, your uh, banking so, non-banking solutions. But uh, so what's the future? You guys are rolling out a feature every, uh, every month, as you said, or, and uh, Igor's yeah. busy with his technical team. And, 
Sure. So I, I think the big ones are the ones that mostly requested are the multi-currency account, the US dollar accounts. So that's coming plus international payments. So once, once we have those two, I think most of the core banking functionality will be there. We'll probably cover most of the market. But we have many different interesting things uh, lined up to help people automate their bookkeeping and accounting services as well. So anyone who has integration with Xero or some other accounting systems online, you can have a direct feed that goes from our system to Xero so they can save money and save time by not manually entering those records. So it's like making life easier so people can focus on the businesses rather than on bookkeeping. Uh, we'll try to create as well uh, recurring payments, bulk payments, uh, so you can send multiple payments to your, uh, to your suppliers or you can make the payroll as well very quickly and easily from within the system. Um, and then a bunch of other things coming up later, later on and we'll of course update everyone. And, you know, one thing I'd like to, to add actually uh, to, to, uh, uh, for the benefit of all the listeners, we actually have what we call a wish list on our website. Okay. So the reason why we have these features and we prioritize them accordingly is that we actually poll our users. So feel free to go to our website, need.hk, and you'll see whether it's a personal solution or the business solution. You can just vote for features or add new features that you want to see. We actually listen to that and we develop and prioritize features accordingly. Awesome. So we're trying to be as customer-driven as, as, as possible uh, to deliver functionality and solutions that people actually want to use rather than we want to see, right? So that's, that's, that's how we actually see um, our problem. That's, that's really great. Yeah, I, I can tell. I mean, I think that's why you guys are growing so well and, and uh, you're, listen, you're listening. I mean, I think that's what I noticed from both of you when I've met you. You're, you're, you're doing your research. You're listening to the customers, which as a note for any startup entrepreneur or business owner is I think that's the key to succeeding is listening to your user. So you definitely guys are showing that you're doing that. And, uh, I think, um, I think that's bad. Maybe I'll just add one more, uh, I have here the banking in Hong Kong. I mean, I guess you guys definitely have an, I guess it's a really good thing for you. You know, nobody, there are no other, no other real competitors like, in a way, right? I mean, I guess there are, I guess people are still getting some of these other traditional banks, but uh, what do you think? Are they going to start opening up? Are they going to say, hey, are you going to listen to this podcast and say, hey, we should do something like this? I don't know. <laughs> What's, what do you think is going to happen? And they, should. and they should. We welcome them too. Right? The reality is that I think you need to move fast in this market. It's quite a challenging environment as well because it's in a regulated space. So not everyone can actually do that too. Um, it's very, very tough, generally. Uh, so if, if anyone wants to do that, I'll just... Uh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess what I mean is uh, the traditional banks maybe either one opening up their doors again a little bit more or, uh, or, uh, um, or maybe trying to be more, which never happens, but maybe actually waking up to the reality of being more efficient. Getting, I don't know. I guess I've, I've worked in banking too. I worked on Wall Street at Deutsche Bank for almost five years in Wall Street. But uh, uh, those legacy systems, I remember, I guess they just can't get off of these systems. It just seems like they can't get off of them. I don't know. But I guess uh, that's a great advantage for you guys. And uh, I hope maybe we'll have to get you back on in a couple of years. I'm, I'm sure it'll be uh, much, really amazing. Um, and also on our, we have our live, uh, um, People tuning in live on, from our GFA VIP and Andre um, sent a message. I guess he's really, I know he's on edge for the dates. Do we have, do you want to, do you want to put dates out there for some of these features? Or I don't want to put you on the spot, but 
so what the question the, is yeah he says everything's covered he's just just kind of more ideas of when multi-currency international payments might come so international payments uh, would be releasing with um, first a sort of selected number of clients and, and customers it should probably come out uh, next month and then in the third quarter we'll probably release it to, to everyone and we'll have multi-currency accounts as well in the third quarter Okay. So nice. Because of course, you know, with software I know, I know, I know how development is. So um, maybe we'll say fourth quarter <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but uh, that's this awesome. The EPA, uh, hopefully, nothing slides. But yeah. Great, great. Uh, and then yeah, we know your website. We'll link everything in neat.hk, and there's the business.neat.hk for business ones or we got the show notes and also we you know like i we i mentioned a little bit in the show we do the incorporation here and we're one of your official partners and we can of course we have been doing some bundles and uh and other ways to work together and uh it's been great over i remember we were we were one of your early users and partners and uh and it's been great to see you guys uh continue to grow so um we're here to support you and anything else we can do uh and we appreciate that, Mike. It's great to work with you. So thanks very much. And continue to send us feedback. Will do. Will do. Okay. Great. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. Keep it up. Thanks. Are you looking for a Hong Kong agency to help you with your upkeep or registration of a Hong Kong Limited? Check out Unipro Consulting Limited. We are an equity partner in the firm, which is a local CPA practice that has the accreditation to register and upkeep your Hong Kong company. Check us out on the web at www.uniprohk.com. www.uniprohk.com. I hope you guys enjoyed that show. Thanks, David and Igor, for coming on. I've known both of you since early days of this, and I commend you for your for your valuable contribution to the Hong Kong financial or fintech world. It's definitely not an easy one, and I I hope to keep following following this case and keeping everybody up to date. Also. We were talking about it after the interview. We are working on a special package for Gulf Asia listeners and Gulf Asia members. It's our HK VIP package. It's a Hong Kong company setup, as you know. We're a partner with a CPA firm here, Unipro. And we have our members program, GFA VIP, with all our valuable content and community. And, of course, we have our special relationship with NEAT. So that together is our HK VIP package. You will get our GFA VIP membership for a year. You will get Hong Kong company set up with corporate address, with the NEAT HK banking or online banking solution, expedited process, all put together into one nice package at a very special price. We'll keep it at a low price while I put this show online. Definitely check it out. The page is pretty extensive. We've, for you know, for years been helping listeners and readers and people out there on the internet with their digital businesses, online businesses, e-commerce businesses, get set up in Hong Kong, get set up with their membership, get set up with their banking. And we are, you know, proud of being partners. We're an official partner of Need HK. So we're putting this all together to make it one valuable HK VIP package. Globalfromasia.com slash HK VIP. HK VIP. It's a nice page. I'd love feedback. Actually, I work with a copywriter on that one. We got testimonials there. We got a few different packages. And 
one nice little package including the neat expedited setup process and membership with us you know support the show support the community get a nice business get a little extra kicker with your neat hk package what else could you need huh everything there and i hope that's a great offer something to help make win 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 four or five ways around everybody's a winner so that's all i got this week keep on rocking next week we've got the gladiator as we know we're alternating interview series with gladiator series on here at global from asia i was just getting lectured by one of my smart mba friends from early school days i didn't go to mba program but he did and uh, he said mike you gotta you gotta work on you know thinking more value more you know don't just keep helping everybody but uh, i'm a creator i'm an artist but and i'm nervous you know i'm offering this hkvip package i've been trying to p- promote the membership more but uh it's true if you guys really enjoy this and want to support of course uh money is always the best way but it's a win-win it's not just contra- not just donating money you're getting extreme value and experience and knowledge and online and offline benefits so that's uh that's my response I just literally got a lectured by a friend mba guy about thinking i'm crazy doing this stuff all for free but i i love it and uh hopefully this podcast will be helping people for many many years to come and uh thanks for listening and have a great day bye-bye to get more info about running an international business please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com that's www.globalfromasia.com also be sure to subscribe to our itunes feed thanks for tuning in